Hi everyone, you're listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors to find out how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Today, we are bringing back the Stuart Heath. Now, if you want to hear a story, you've got to listen to last episode because this story is not going to be on this episode. It's going to be all about action items. We are going to be talking about how you can get started in purchasing a commercial real estate asset. So, Stuart, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So let's dive right into it. Step one of buying a commercial asset. Where should I begin? If you have um, not invested in commercial real estate, I highly suggest that you find someone to partner with the first time. Commercial real estate is very different than buying a house or a single family home. A lot of people get into investment real estate because they've bought a house before and they understand that process and it's straightforward. They probably have one that they live in. Commercial real estate is very different. And that's true for every asset class, whether multifamily, self-storage, office, industrial. The lease structure is very different. So I highly suggest that you find a partner or someone who's willing to let you shadow with them, or maybe they'll let you do a lot of the work because there's an awful lot of due diligence. So uh, maybe you get equity through labor, or you can invest alongside the GP on the deal, the sponsor of the deal. It's not hard to learn, but there's a lot of things in the process that are not necessarily intuitive until you get into uh, just say the lease structure, and then you go, oh, that makes sense. So you got to see it to learn it. At least that's how I learn. Uh, I was going to ask you if you got started as a passive investor first before jumping. No, I did not. Uh, As a CPA, I had been involved with clients negotiating leases Mm. or or reading the leases because a lot of times they have to be articulated in an audit report or something like that. So I was familiar with the documents and the structure by the time I started getting in. But if you've never had that exposure, maybe you come from banking and you have had that exposure or you're an attorney and you've had that exposure. So if you understand how the business works, then, you know, maybe you don't need quote, the partner. But if you're coming to it from a different point of view, then, you know, find someone who will help you learn. That would be my step one. And because in your journey with Carlton Sheets, and then you also had a mentor as well. Mentorship, I feel like is huge. And, you know, they can extend and point you in a direction that you might have not thought of or even extend their network to your network. So how did, if you don't mind me asking, how did you meet your mentor as well? And any advice for, I guess, somebody that is looking to partner, what advice can you give them? Your mentor will probably come out of your close network, or it'll be a friend of a close worker. I met mine, and it wasn't a, a formal mentorship thing, but he and I were both serving on the board of directors of a school in Franklin, Tennessee. He was uh, an active developer and real estate owner, and I really wasn't sure I was all that interested in getting into real estate at the time. I was just sort of having lunch venting to him that I, you know, I felt like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm doing all the work and all this kind of stuff. And he said, Stuart, you got to get in the game. I think that's an exact quote. And he said, what are you doing? You're making a good income, but what are you doing to build wealth? And he was spot on. I mean, here I am a 
CPA, people think we know everything about finance, but you know we know how to count numbers for the most part and apply numbers to a set of rules. But he was right. I wasn't thinking about wealth building. And so um, actually, he recommended that I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and I'm sure a lot of people have told you. And he would ask me every time we got together, says, is your house an asset or a liability? <laughs> but, you know, if you've read the book, you know the answer to that. You know, since that time, I've become quite the rich dad, poor dad evangelist. And I've bought dozens of those books and given them away. And I've even taught it to uh, teams that I've been on. And, you know, it's it's a very short thing, but it, they're great conceptually for anyone, but especially investors. So that's how my relationship with my mentor got started. Pretty much in my whole career, but the only mentor I've ever really had. Wow. Sounds like a great relationship between the two of you. And now I guess like when looking for partners then, and you are just starting out, do you have any tips on red flags or green flags for (laughs) for partnering up with somebody? Sure. Success begets success is what I like to say. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to target people that you know for a fact have been successful, not people that appear to be successful. Trying to say this delicately. Uh, (laughs) There will be promoters, sponsors, developers out there that will be glad to take you in and will probably ask you to start taking some risk, probably that may be beyond what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Or beyond what you should be. Uh, hey, yeah, I'll let you just sign out, sign on to this debt. That's a red flag. I've seen a lot more red flags than I'm seeing green flags, but, <laughs> but definitely be attracted to the people that, without a doubt, you know are successful. Talk to your banker, talk to your attorneys, talk to everybody in your network, not necessarily the people that got the most PR out there. Not that PR is bad, but a lot of people do PR to try to promote that they're successful. You've probably heard the phrase, fake it till you make it. And I'm not accusing anybody of being a fraud or whatever, but you know, you want somebody who's definitely, I guess the term is, has taken several deals full cycle. The idea is this is a learning process for you. And you may have the opportunity to invest a little money, or you might get the opportunity just to learn by being involved in the deal, whatever it is. But the wealth creation will come later after the learning. You don't want to get your risks ahead of your learning. And and also, too, when I feel like also when vetting out partners, whether you're looking for active partners, even as a passive investor, there is a risk tolerance that comes with it, too. And so, I mean, I know that there are a lot of groups out there since a lot of people uh, now I'm speaking just for multifamily. A lot of people have jumped into the same space, trying to do the same exact strategy. And so with many people not going full cycle, how willing are you to risk the capital that you have with somebody that has not gone full cycle versus somebody that has? And so at least like for us and like our investors, like we always tell them to talk to other sponsors, talk to other operators, and really just get a, an idea, you know, to your point to what you're, what you were saying, there is a sort of a gut feeling too, of if these people are good or not, like you can pretty much tell what their intentions are straight from the get-go. And so the the whole- Trust your gut. Yeah. Absolutely trust your gut. There are an awful lot of new players in the space. No problem with that. You know, we've all been new from time to time. But if you are new to investing in the space, you should be willing to take a little less return with somebody who's a little more tried and true. 
until you understand exactly what's going on. You know, somebody who's taken dozens of deals full cycle you know, without any real hiccups, I would lean on them. Absolutely. Yeah. Lean on them, learning their systems. And once you have, you feel like you can do it, or maybe you don't decide to do it and to go towards the active side, like you've learned a ton and now you're properly vetting and know how to vet a, a specific right. investment. Yeah. Now, coming from the CPA background, I'm curious, you know, since you are a numbers guy and, you know, I'm sure that there are other CPAs or engineers listening to this. What are some of the, I guess, metrics that you look for in maybe some of the metrics that you try and key in on, like maybe some of the KPIs that investors should be aware of? You know, it's very difficult to compare one opportunity to another. My bottom line is cash flow. If it's positive or I think I can make it positive, I'm in. That really comes down to cap rate, you know, the capitalization rate, which has everything to do with price, price and the income. Your cap rate has a relationship to the interest rate that you're paying as well. But as far as metrics and KPIs, I boil everything down for the most part. It changes from asset class to asset class, but I mainly boil everything down to a per square foot rate. You know, what's the revenue per square foot? What's the insurance per square foot? What's the taxes? What's the maintenance per square foot? And that's the best way that I know of to compare one deal to another. Or you can compare multifamily deals to multifamily deals. Rather than square foot, you're typically doing that per door. That gets a little bit more complex because maybe you do it per bedroom because one complex will have three bedrooms and one bedroom. And so uh, most of the time you may do that per bedroom. That sort of evens it out. The more you do it, you get to know why is their insurance $10 per bedroom more than than the other one, and they're in the same city. They're either bad at shopping their insurance or there's a reason. And so you delve into that and then hmm, you find out, oh, there's been fires on this property uh, three times in the last five years. So why is that? Is it a meth lab or is there bad wiring? You, you You use those kind of metrics to direct your due diligence efforts. You know, taxes are what taxes are. You generally can't, uh, but that will direct you from one jurisdiction to another, one state to another, or even one city to another. The same property in Nashville will have 30% more in taxes than one outside of Nashville. They might both have the same occupancy and probably got a little bit higher rent rates there, but it is what it is. The more you take a look at more deals, the more you're going to start to see certain patterns and what makes sense versus what doesn't make sense. Unfortunately, you just have to put in the time and drill down. But I'm trying to stop myself from using that phrase at the end of the day. I say it too much. But the more you do it, the better you get. It's no different than looking at stocks. If you just started investing in stocks today, you don't know anything. But if you followed Apple for five years, you know, you see it moved a quarter of a point and hmm, something's up, you know what's going on. So it's just familiarity and learning. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. You know, now we are wrapping up on time, but I wanted to give you a chance. Any last words for the beginner that is just jumping into buying a commercial asset on their first time? Yeah, I would say spend a good deal of time also talking with your lender which may be a banker, it may be some other institution. Again, if you're a beginner, and I'm taking this from the learning standpoint, they will know an awful lot. And your lender is your biggest partner. And so, you know, they're going to loan you 60 to 80% of the value of the property. 
you want to listen to them and hear what they have to say and maybe talk with even more than one person inside the institution because you know there's underwriters and then there's the upfront deal guys and their interest is doing deals so Make sure you understand the motivations of everyone you're talking to and trust your gut. I can't emphasize that enough. Trust your gut. You're probably smarter than you think you are. You just might not be as familiar with the lingo as other people who are in the industry. Trust your gut. Your gut has a, has a lot to do with the decisions. And as long as you're comfortable with it, you just got to trust it. Awesome. Well, Stuart, thank you again. And for hopping onto the show, how can people reach out to you if they want to reach out to you and have uh, more conversations with you? Best way to get me is uh, through our website, harvardgracecapital.com, all spelled out. There you can find uh, links how to email me, my Calendly link if you want to book some time, or on LinkedIn, you can find all that there too and reach out to me there. And those will also be in the show notes. Thank you again, Stuart, for hopping onto the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure. We've gone through so many different golden nuggets, hearing your story, and then also hearing about certain actionable items that we can take. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate very it. Very honored that you've had me as a guest. Thank you very much. Of course. And everyone, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got any value out of the show, I'd greatly appreciate if you leave a rating and review on iTunes to help others receive that same value. If you're looking to learn more on how to passively invest in apartment buildings or self-storage assets, click on my link in the show notes to learn more. Thanks and I'll see you next time.